Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello world of the internet and people out there in, well on planet earth I should say, my name is Simon Miller and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet. That will make no sense unless you listen to the audio version uh, that's on iTunes and all that jazz, I have a dumb jingle that says that this podcast is the only podcast, uh, wrestling podcast on the planet. It's just not true, right? That's why I did it when I made it up. I'm a child and immature, and I was like, it's quite funny, right? Because it's literally about 200 podcasts you go listen to right now. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Welcome to this week's episode uh, at the brand new time of 1pm. Worked well last week, simple as that. And when something works well, I go, <laughs> I'll do it again. We'll see how it works today. I don't even know where we start. Well, no, I'll start with the title. Because Sometimes when you title a podcast something, and then you don't get onto that subject straight away, all you do... Is get, is get reams of people afterwards going, you didn't even talk about it. And I do understand, because if you start talking about like minute 30, anyway, I'm, I'm going way off track. Um, excuse me. <coughs> I said excuse me before my cough. I mean, the big thing this week in the world of wrestling has been Becky Lynch, right? I mean, she's been the, the focal point and the, um, yeah, the centerpiece of wrestling for a while. But we've really kind of kicked it into gear in 2019, especially if you look over uh, the last, what, four well, the last four shows, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, of course, because the, the Raw after the Rumble, Becky Lynch started it off. Then the same on SmackDown, then the same on Raw this week, and the same on SmackDown this week. You know, she is she is the man. <laughs> uh, but she, she is. There's, there's no two ways about it. There's this other kind of, you know, argument that, oh, well, she's not a draw. Because look at this picture I took at the SmackDown taping when there's no one there. I mean, I'm not going to get into stuff like that because I feel like we live in a different dynamic in the wrestling world all i see is that a bunch of you know in sort of my sphere of influence in my circle people are really excited about becky lynch they're very passionate about becky lynch uh you know avenues such as this the youtube land anything about becky lynch there's a lot of engagement and, and things like that and i think that's all that's all that kind of really matters uh to at least it should be to a fan's point of view obviously again we are going to talk about being her, her, the, the title which i've called it officially the new stone cold steve austin is a bit tongue-of-cheek I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, sure. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a draw in the sense that he'd fill up arenas, he sold merchandise, you know, m- many other metrics. But we do live in a different time now. You still want people to do that. The goal is still the same. If you're not making money, then I wouldn't say what is the point, but uh, there's a debate to be had there. But this is the first time in the world I can imagine some, uh, I can think of somebody who fans are relating to, fans actually want to see do well. And really, again, I was never in this boat, but I completely understand it. You know, it's the antithesis to everything we've got with Roman Reigns over the last few years. And I think that's why it's quite nice. You know, if we do get through to WrestleMania 35 and Becky Lynch is the winner, we'll actually end, you know, the biggest event of the year with somebody we wanted to see win. And that would be lovely, right? It's as simple as that. So... Yeah, going into the, to this week's episodes of Raw and SmackDown too. I mean, this is where I understand other people criticizing it as well. I actually thought they were really good segments, especially the one on SmackDown. I thought that was pure fire. But yeah, we have gone back to the well, and, and it's the well that we started in the in the late '90s. Whereas you have an authority figure 
standing up against the the baby face we all want we all want to do well the difference now is that we seem to be doing it with all the mcmahons on raw we did it with stephanie on SmackDown, we did it with Triple H, who kind of fits into that clan. And it wouldn't surprise me if eventually Becky Lynch and Vince McMahon butt heads too. I get it, right? And, and it does make perfect sense. And again, this is me playing devil's advocate a little bit here, because I did think both the Stephanie and Triple H segment were brilliant. I thought they were absolute, I thought they were really, really well done. I thought they achieved their goal. And I thought the story that they introduced at the start of SmackDown, because the whole time, you're a bit like, well, why doesn't Becky just go see the doctor and get cleared? And then Triple H came up with this really cool, or the writers, whoever you want to, you know, came up with this really cool spin that Becky Lynch has done all of this hard work. She's made it to the top of the mountain. She won the Royal Rumble. She's overcome all the odds. But now she's got there. She's got some self-doubt that she can't actually achieve that. So now she's trying to get out of it without anybody realizing that's, that's the case. And on Becky Lynch's retort, she's like, no, no, this is a trick. You don't want me to be in this position, so if I go and get checked by your medical team, they're not going to clear me anyway. So we're taking Stone Cold Steve Austin, we're taking Daniel Bryan, you know, we're kind of taking elements from everywhere, and we're throwing it all together. And I think that's cool. There is this kind of balance there, that at the moment Stephanie and Triple H didn't really do anything that you consider heelish, but I'm sure that will come. And yes, going back to my point I was making a minute ago... This is going back to the world. This is what WWE does. And not just with Stone Cold versus McMahon, or that's where it started. You had The Rock versus Mr. McMahon. You had John Cena versus Mr. McMahon. You had John Laurinaitis versus CM Punk. Uh, you had The Authority versus The Shield. And I mean, we could go on and, and we could do this for days. So I think maybe at one point it would be cool to try and come up with something that doesn't, you know, filter around this management versus you know, young, plucky, up, not really an up-and-comer, but someone that we can all rally behind. I mean, Triple H kind of did it with Roman Reigns as well, right? That was his big coronation at WrestleMania 32. Roman Reigns finally beats, you know, the bad guy uh, for the... But even Sting was doing that. Sting was fighting the authority. So absolutely, we could come up with a new way to do it. I think that's an absolutely fair point, and I do not want to sound like I'm saying anything else. But it's all about the execution, and once again, going back to December 2018, when the McMahons came out and said, we're going to change stuff, we haven't really changed all that much in, start, in, st in terms of the start of the shows. You're still getting long promos. But because now the story is better, and we're more invested in the narrative, it doesn't matter they all start off, you know, in terms of structure the same, because you want to see what's going to happen. Like, as soon as Stephanie McMahon was in the ring on Raw, I was like, what's Becky Lynch going to do? I think you could kind of figure it out. She'll probably attack her, or be, there'll, be some, there'll be some back and forth. But... It worked, and it's the same, the SmackDown one especially I thought was good, because it introduced this layering that I hadn't worked out in my own head, I was trying to figure out actually, well how do we sort of make this make sense, and they did, and now the story makes perfect sense, and I, and I, really, I really, really like it, and uh, my controversial resting opinion is that after sitting on it for a while, uh, I, I do want Charlotte Flair to be in the main event, I get it, I get that on paper having that one-on-one -on -one between Ronda and Becky is is better, especially because at the moment, the kind of... Again, the best thing about Becky versus Ronda is you can absolutely believe that Ronda Rousey hates Becky Lynch. And that's why I think we deserve to heap a load of praise on Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, you say what you want about her overall presentation or skill or whatever, and I don't care. All I care about is that when I watch professional wrestling, I want to be able to suspend my disbelief and buy into what I'm seeing. Ronda Rousey has made me believe she absolutely hates Becky Lynch, even though deep down I know that's not the case. 
And that's why I think it's that's why I think it's great. I also before I go off the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin thing as well. Obviously, the point was not only is she tangling with authority figures, she also had a, a, a knee brace around her leg, selling her injury. And of course, that is how the whole you know the McMahon Austin thing started because of that. I mean, I'm talking to the you know preaching to the converted here, but he was injured. McMahon didn't think that he wanted you know you know you can do this easy way or the hard way. We'll protect you, or you can be a right ass about it. Stone Cold wanted to be an ass, and we all loved it. Going back to Ronda Rousey, you know, it's just the look on her face. And the fact that WWE also booked Ronda Rousey and then beat the crap out of the Riot Squad, I thought was great. I, I, I know that sometimes, I, I admit it too, that the promo she did, or the sort of the face-to-face she did with Becky Lynch, I thought was great when she was the Ice and Advil bitch. <laughs> it's a good line. But admittedly, when she's in the ring and she started, you know, yelling at the crowd, as I did say on Ups and Downs, and please do go watch that now uh, over on What Culture Wrestling, or the SmackDown one will go live as soon as why we do it here now. As soon as this pro wrestling podcast is finished, we all shift over to What Culture Wrestling and you can join me for SmackDown Ups and Downs Live. It's a lot of fun. But yeah, when she started yelling at the fans when they were all booing, I, I, it, it did sound the way I described it, and I, I do, I stand by this. Not in a bad way, just an observational way. It did sound like you know, like a drunk, uh, someone that's drunk that wakes up, here's someone trying to break into the house and then figures out it's the mailman, but still hasn't worked out the, logis- the logistics of the situation. So I do I do get that. That was a bit strange. With all that said, I, I, I think the reason that feud works so well is because you can buy into it. And that's why I don't mind Charlotte Flair being thrown into it as well, because A, I think Charlotte's doing great work. The, you know, her mannerisms, her facial expressions, I mean, why she's gone heel again, I don't know. That was never explained, but she just has. And I also think long-term, it just makes more sense. And again, we don't have to worry about this as fans, but I do think it makes more sense from a WWE standpoint because Ronda Rousey will leave at some stage. You know, she's not a born and bred wrestler. I do think she's done very well the last year or so. But ultimately, she will go. And I don't think Becky Lynch and Charlotte will. So I think it's much better to have two wrestlers for the long term that you can big up about having a main event at WrestleMania, the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania, than just having it on one. I just think that makes more sense. I think that's playing the odds. And I also think putting Charlotte into that match will make the match better. I could be wrong. It could water it down. It could dilute it. But I'm certainly not as adamantly against it as some people are. I don't think it will ruin it. I don't think it will ruin it at all. At the moment, I think WWE is doing everything right. Again, start of Raw, awesome. Start of SmackDown, awesome. Um, Where we go in terms of how we get Becky Lynch back on TV, I don't know. But that's the fun. That's why it's exciting. I want, I want to know. I want to. I'm swept up in the story, and I want to see. And I want to see where they take me. And if we do keep borrowing things from the Stone Cold playbook until WrestleMania, I ain't gonna be mad at that. Maybe coming out the other end in April or May. We need to kind of start shaking things up because I don't think you can have the... It doesn't have the novelty or the originality in that story because we have done it so many times. Uh, we've just never done it with the women before, or at least not to this scale. And there is something to say, you know, that does make it interesting because that does make it brand new within the context of what we're seeing. But even then, new stuff, new storylines is good. And also, I think evolving that will keep all the characters fresh. Because you can probably... And the other thing is, well, you're going to need to feud Becky with someone post-mania. I'm not going to be too upset if we feud... Charlotte and Becky Lynch for a bit longer but that will hit its you know that will run out of steam eventually and that's when hopefully there's other things in place that we that we can bring back in maybe Oscar right if I'm Oscar and I see Becky Lynch win at Wrestlemania and I know I tapped you out at the Royal Rumble that's what I'm saying and when you do have the superstar shake-up as well we'll talk about that that was announced I think it's called the first ever international superstar shake-up because the the show's going to be in Canada I mean it's true 
But it was a bit of a weird way to put it. I think that's happening a couple of weeks after Mania. So that's going to, you know, who knows what we do there? Who knows who knows who goes where? I don't know. I always enjoy it. I like a good superstar shakeup. And you have to question, does it tie into the whole Fox deal in October? Before October rolls around, WWE is going to have to stack SmackDown as much as possible because, you know, they're moving on to Fox, which is a massive deal in, in America. And if they don't, you know, do the ratings that Fox expect, they'll be bumped to FS1. And that's not the end of the world for WWE, but it's not what they want. You know, I've been listening to loads of podcasts about this recently. They want to go on that channel to grow and to find new fans and get the numbers back to what they were back in the day. So it all ties in. It all ties in. It's all very interesting. And even though we do have, what do we got? How about, how, what's the physical count before, before WrestleMania? It says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, pretty much eight weeks. Mania. That's a lot of TV time to fill. So I feel like we're taking our time. We're kind of, you know, putting in bits and pieces here and there. But I like it. And if we're going to, again, we're going to use the Stone Cold playbook for a little bit. I ain't got no problem with that. Uh, if you didn't see it as well, obviously, yeah, Becky Lynch did attack Stephanie McMahon. She did attack Triple H. She gave him a slap. He looked really pissed off. She's still technically suspended. Charlotte Flair got kicked out of there like a schoolgirl that had cheated on her homework. So we've got to see. We've got to see. We'll see. I'd be intrigued. Um, what else do we need to talk about when it comes to Raw and SmackDown? I mean, they were kind of... They felt like shows that had fallen right in between two uh, two pay-per-views. Like, coming out of the Raw Rumble, I felt those last the, the shoot, two shows last week were quite hot, quite had a lot of momentum to them. But now we need to build up to the Elimination Chamber without giving too much away. And that's what these matches felt like. I don't know how I feel about Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. It's weird because I like all four guys. I think all four guys are really talented. I think Baron Corbin especially gets a bad rap. I feel like he's been put in a bad position. But I just don't want to see those four do anything together. Not in a bad way. It's just the 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 story or the impetus to care just isn't enough. Like, I, I kind of feel like I've seen it because we've gone back to what we were doing back in, what, like October, September last year? Whenever Crown Jewel was, because I remember at Crown Jewel we did, um, we we did that match between it was the Shield versus Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, and Baron Corbin. They were the dogs of war. So that I just didn't want to go back to it. And you know, Kurt Angle being in that the problem with the Kurt Angle storyline, and I heard a lot of people said they liked that segment, and I didn't hate it. But the problem with the Kurt Angle storyline was, you know, he he's all apparently ready to retire. But then within three seconds, he's threatening to, to break Baron Corbin's ankle. And I get it, right? It's like the old cowboy who doesn't who doesn't want to not ride his horse anymore. But it just doesn't... I don't know. I just... I find myself struggling to get into it. And I don't really know why. That's, you know, that's, that, that's the problem. That's the issue. I just... They can do whatever they want. It, it feels like a holding pattern. That's why. And I think I'd much rather maybe in this instance kind of separate them and have them feud by themselves. I would assume they're not doing that because maybe they don't have faith in Kurt Angle. I don't know. Although, of course, the other the, uh, the rumor is that apparently Seth Rollins was meant to be in Kurt Angle's spot. Seth Rollins got injured, so they had to draft somebody in. And yeah, absolutely, Kurt Angle's a good choice. But I don't know. I don't, maybe I'm in the minority, but it's not something that has been lighting up my, my world so far. Uh, I think I'd rather... Yeah, I would rather just... But then who do you who do you feud them against? I mean, I think Drew McIntyre is probably going to be Seth Rollins' first opponent. Again, once we get through WrestleMania 35. So you've got to do some stuff with him until we get there. Braun Strowman, I don't know what the hell... I mean, if we get we get to WrestleMania and it's Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin, I don't think that helps Braun at all because in two back-to-back WrestleManias, you've got him winning the tag team belts with Nicholas, which again at the time was funny, but you know didn't really expand to anything. And then a year later... 
he's fighting Baron Corbin. Again, I just said I do like Baron Corbin, but I don't think WWE can do anything with that storyline to make it feel like a WrestleMania match. And that's what I feel like Braun Strowman needs. He needs his WrestleMania moment. As crazy as it sounds, given that the Andre the Giant Battle Raw will probably be on the pre-show, I'd rather Braun Strowman won that. I would rather he just drove through everybody, absolutely destroyed them, throws everybody out, and wins that, as opposed to being a nothing match on the main show. How crazy does that sound? But I think if you deal with, if you treat the fallout of that with the respect that it deserves, he'll get more from that, again, than just being in a nothing match. That's just what I think. Um, interested to see what they're doing, the tag team stuff. Obviously, it looks like they're building to a big match between The Revival and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode again. Apparently, they tore up on the house show circuit, did a 40-minute match somewhere that was brilliant. Still find it a bit weird that Heavy Machinery haven't really found their place, because I like them. I actually thought, again, when they first debuted Otis being some weird, you know, I like this girl and I eat beef or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the hell the gimmick was supposed to be. But it has worked. I actually find them quite entertaining. And yet they're not doing it. They're in matches, but they're not really, you know, stamping their approval on anything. So, I don't know. We'll see. I do think they need to rev up the tag team division. If nothing else, because AEW, you know, will be treating that. They have to treat it like a big deal because, you know, some of their owners or some of their executives are the Young Bucks and they're going to want to push tag team wrestling hard. So that'll be fascinating. My secret highlight from Raw was everything Dean Ambrose did. And that, again, that seems to have divided opinion as well. But I thought, while his lines were kind of corny, I thought he delivered them so well and I thought he did such a good job in running down EC3 and the fact WWE then had EC3 winning... I just thought it was great. I th- I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. I don't know why Dean Ambrose is now not worried about germs and seems to be a face again, but at least seemed that way. I don't know for sure. I mean, people in WWE these days just switch face to heel on a whim. You don't even need a story; they just come out <laughs> and say something else. But I liked it, and I think EC3 winning was it was just all good. Like this is my thing with the NXT call ups: at least treat them a little bit strong when they arrive. Otherwise, what is the point? And that EC3 has a win over a former WWE World Champion. That to me is a big deal. So if I don't know who EC3 is because I don't watch NXT, all of a sudden I'm going to beat Dean Ambrose. And also that person probably doesn't even know that Dean Ambrose is leaving in the end of in the end of April. So in that sense, it makes it makes absolutely, you know, it works it works for all parties. And I think I like EC3. I, I, I think he's got I, I don't mean in a disparaging way, but he's got this kind of old schoolness to him. I don't know what that means, but he's just good. He's just good. He's just like him and I, I think I mean, we probably need to let him talk soon, as opposed to being a mute. I don't think a mute gimmick ever works. When I said that on Ups and Downs, and someone got in touch and said, well, it worked with Chris Jericho. Yeah, but Chris Jericho, A, was already Chris Jericho when he did that. That was like a new thing he brought to the table once he returned. And also, it didn't last that long. He started saying stuff. EC3 has a, a weapon with his voice. You know, It's something he can use to help get himself over. And you don't take that away from him. That would be crazy. So whoever said that, I just kicked my camera, sorry. So whoever said that, you're an idiot. <laughs> okay. Uh, the real highlight to me, though, over both shows was was Daniel Bryan. I know we talked about this every week, but honestly, Daniel Bryan is... He, he feels to me like a new age heel. And not because he's doing all the eco stuff and the belt is brilliant, but because this week he was in his hometown, right? And the stereotypical way you book a, a bad guy in a hometown is they come out and they, they they rip on the crowd and then they always get the hometown pop and then you say something like, he was in Washington, ooh, Washington sucks, you're all idiots, and he gets the booze. He didn't do that. He played up to his hometown crowd because he's biased towards them and believes they're his intellectual equals, much like Recyclable Rowan, but admitted that his message has to be global and then went into his usual shtick. But also Daniel Bryan was not 
you know, he wasn't, he was his own person, as weird as that sounds, in the sense that when Rome was on the mic and the crowd started watting him, Daniel Bryan took it and went, no, you don't insult my friend. You know, he has loyalties to people and that's not to management either. Going back, how do we, you know, how do you book a heel champion that's not, uh, you know, berated by the authority or whatever, or at least endorsed by the authority. He even said, you know, the powers that be, they don't want me to do this. They, they hate the fact that I disrespected the title. You know, they, they they don't agree with my message. They want me to lose too, which is why they put me in this Elimination Chamber match. That makes all the sense in the world. And Daniel Bryan achieved all of that in around about 15 minutes, if probably less. And it was just, I mean, it, was, it really was exquisite in terms of the amount of stuff he did without actually you realizing that he'd done it. So all the... All the love in the world uh, to Daniel Bryan. I think he's just, yeah, it just, just it was so good. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Rowan in that position, but I don't hate it, you know. And it's not again, you know, Daniel Bryan had that match with Jeff Hardy later on, and of course Rowan interfered, and you're like, well, that was always going to happen. So yeah, I, I, I just think he's great. I just think he's wonderful, uh, and that's the other cool thing as well is that at the moment. You know, everything with the, the Raw Women's Championship is good. The SmackDown Women's Championship, don't really know what we're doing with that for the second week running. Oscar wasn't on TV. Did have a cool video package, so that was something. But my point is, you have this parity now with the WWE Championship as well. And that even helps even more because the Universal title isn't on Raw at all. So you can kind of treat the Raw... You know, at the moment, the top title in the, on Raw can be the Women's. And I guess on SmackDown, it would be the WWE Championship. But I think you could probably do both if Oscar did return. Anyway, um... It was, I just, again, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if it is on YouTube. I don't look at the YouTube clips anymore. But I imagine they would have put some stuff with Daniel Bryan on there. You should go and watch it. It is, uh, it's very, very, very well done. And a shout out to that. I can't wait to see this, where this gimmick goes as well. And who the hell does he fight at WrestleMania? Because you have to imagine he gets to WrestleMania and that's where he loses his title. So, I mean, what was he going to do? Like, fight, I said this, this ups, I mentioned this ups and downs, but does he fight like... You know, a beer-chugging, meat-eating... I don't know. Like, who is the apparent face? Because he is the face in terms of his values. So I don't know. But uh, I know that I liked it. And I thought I, I thought it was... Uh, I just thought it was awesome. I, I really, really did. And I, did th I thought Raw and SmackDown both were... They were watchable. They were watchable this week. But there was no big... Apart from the Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Ronda stuff. There was nothing sort of super tangible. Or super exciting to, to sink your teeth into. But, you know, we got through another week. I'm intrigued to see what they do next week. I think we need to get to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which will also be cool because we'll crown the first ever women's tag team champions. I think that does add something to that division as well. Uh, the only I do not understand the booking for that at all because now on SmackDown, they're not only making new teams, but those teams are going straight into the match even though they lost. And yet on Raw, people are qualified. I mean, it's baffling. I, it's almost like two different people are writing all of that. So that's... But whatever, as long as Becky and Sasha wins, I don't mind. I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. And uh, I just saw this in the comments, actually. People keep saying this, and it, it's something that kind of pokes me a little bit. People keep saying, Becky isn't Stone Cold Steve Austin. She's creating her own legacy. At no point is anyone, at least I'm not, saying she's not creating her own legacy. The comparison is just, it, it's twofold. One, she came out and attacked a McMahon while wearing a leg brace. That's the joke. But also, it ties into WWE. Again, we've already talked about this. WWE going back to the well and feeling like, they did with Daniel Bryan too. Oh, we've got this new baby face. What do we do? Oh, we'll just book him in an authority angle. That's why she's the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Daniel Bryan would have been the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. And John Cena would have, blah, blah, blah. We can go on for days. So all these people, they think they're getting on their high horse going, stop like regulating Becky. Oh, no one's regulating Becky. No one's negating Becky. It is the same thing we'd say about anybody else. I'm getting fired up. 
but that that is the case. That's the case. It's not it's not disparaging, and I won't have people twist my words to pretend that it is because it's not. Right. That said, let's move on. Uh, the other the, the the well the well this one does come straight from this. There's two rumors going around, but actually this one is from the horse's mouth. So Rusev went on Lillian Garcia with Lana went on Lillian Garcia's podcast, and he basically just came out with everything that he's unhappy with. And if you listen to it, man, if you like Ru Ru already you'll come away quite emotional because you'll be like, he genuinely sounds like a guy who's trying his best, does everything he's told, comes up with creative ideas, doesn't necessarily enjoy kind of, you know, fluctuating through all these different roles that he has done and yet not getting anywhere. And I was kind of like, that is a very brave thing to come out and say because you have to imagine there's somebody in WWE that listens to all of this stuff and that reports back. This ties into the other thing I want to talk about, which obviously, we talked about this before as well. This is why All Elite Wrestling is great. All Elite Wrestling has come out of nowhere and people keep going, oh, well, we need to, you know, we need to see what TV deals they're going to get. And obviously the, the, the news this week, excuse me, news this week is that they do have where well, it was described as by the Wrestling Observer. And I know, you know, that's just who knows what's going to happen. But it was described as by the Wrestling Observer as the best non-WWE TV deal since WCW died. So that's a big deal straight away. Um, but also, it's created this environment now where I think wrestlers are more confident about, and what do I know, right? It's just my ideas. But they are more confident about speaking out because they do know after the Chris Jericho got this huge offer, there's somewhere else for them to go. Maybe that's where Dean Ambrose is going. We don't know. Uh, but obviously, you know, the Revival asked for their release. The rumor was Maria Kanellis and Mike Kanellis asked. I mean, they denied that, but it was out there. So I think, you know, if Rusev is unhappy... And he thinks to himself, well, you know, even if I did spill out into the quote-unquote independent world, I have my options. Maybe he does feel like he can go wherever he wants and, and make a splash. And therefore, he can be more vocal. And that is something that I think we've wanted for ages. And I am biased towards Rusev. There's no point pretending otherwise. I think that he is underused and underutilized. I think he should be in a much bigger position than he is now. And I never felt like we capitalized on the whole Rusev Day thing at all. But to hear someone being so transparent and honest about it yeah it opened my eyes i was like geez that's, that's that's a brave move to make whether it makes a difference i don't know he has now teamed up with shinsuke nakamura they beat the good brothers on smackdown it doesn't feel like it's a one-off that was teased last week i feel like this is going to be a tag team going forward which works because i think shane mcmahon and the miz will retain their titles at the elimination chamber and they need a heel tag team i'll take rusev nakamura but if it's just going to be a fleeting thing then it's a waste of time so you know, we'll see, but it did surprise me. Uh, quick shout out to Big Mike in the super chat. You get the hand on the heart, as you know. Keep up the astounding work, Simon. Much respect from Texas. Thank you, Big Mike. You're also named after a good rapper. I like Big Mike the rapper. Uh, that's very kind of you, dude. I appreciate it. And a shout out to Michael McLean, also in the super chat. You get a tap on the tap on the chest. Uh, I hear you with the Becky Stone Cold thing. I'm sure Becky Lynch would be thrilled to be called the next Stone Cold. The wrestling business holds the past up more than any other form of sport or entertainment. I agree with that. And also. Uh, you know, to follow on from that, Michael, as well, in terms of how I've written it, I mean because she walked out, hit a McMahon and wore a knee brace. I'm saying literally, like literally, I mean, not literally, but that that was my point. But it is something I wanted to talk upon because no one is no one is saying that Becky Lynch isn't right. Becky, Becky Lynch has already written her own legacy. She's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania 35. She is an inspiration and a, uh, someone to look up to in terms of, you know, biding your time and always believing in yourself and, you know, doing whatever, whatever you want to say. 
And, you know, if you want to break it right down, do I think she is the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. No, I don't. But we talked about that already at the start of the show. But how she's being booked and how the WWE sees her and how she has become like this shining light at the top of the women's division, then, yeah, I do think so. Also wearing a knee brace and drinking alcohol. Not drinking alcohol, beating up McMahons. Anyway, going back to the AEW stuff, there's murmurings going around, and take all of this with a pinch of salt, that apparently Randy Orton was backstage openly saying that when his contract comes up, he'll negotiate with AEW. Now, I'm sure he would, much as that was the rumor with Brock Lesnar. I don't actually think they would go to All Elite Wrestling, but you'd have to be mad if you are a self-employed business person, which wrestlers are not... You know, If you say you're not going to negotiate with them, you're essentially telling WWE, nah, uh, you can just give me whatever you want. I'm happy with my money. That's not how it works. You have to put yourself in a position of being in demand. And the best way to do that is to let you know the higher-ups, whoever's in charge of the, of, the, of the money, know, oh my gosh. I mean, the Usos were the other people that were hinted at. You know, if you know the Usos or Randy Orton's contract, you don't want to lose them. The Usos are awesome, especially in a division like AEW that would treat them like heroes in that tag match. And someone like Randy Orton, who is a star, regardless of what you think about him, it means their money go up. It means the finances increase. And that is what it's all about. So that's why I think AEW is already a success. Obviously, double or nothing, we've got a big announcement tomorrow night, so I look forward to that. But outside of all of that, it has created a playing field where you're able to get more money. And because of that... It's already done its job. Maybe it's dead in three, four years' time. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But I want we all wanted to get back to this kind of position where there was this back and forth. And we've got there. And I think that's great. So we'll see. The other cool thing about AEW, I think they announced this last night or maybe the early as of today, is they've signed Jimmy Havoc. Uh, I'm sure most people know who Jimmy Havoc is. Uh, if you are just a WWE guy, which is cool. It's fair. You don't have to know who everybody is. He's a... I guess you call him a very sort of successful and prominent indie wrestler. I hate the term indie wrestler. We'll call him non-WWE wrestler. And that really put a smile on my face. He's a good dude, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, he's been smashing the UK wrestling scene for years, well before it blew up as it has now. And also as a guy that kind of dipped his toe into wrestling before getting injured. You know, one of the guys that I hold in, well, I held in high esteem anyway, but now doubly so from a personal level. And I hope I'm not kind of like, you know, ruining his persona or anything here. But he went out of his way to give me advice and to give me feedback. And I'll always remember that. Um, he's a really good dude and sometimes it's just nice to see good things happening to good people it's as simple as that so he has signed All Elite Wrestling and again yeah apparently you know they, they are going after somebody that's in WWE right now and offered them a ridiculous offer you'd have to imagine it's AJ Styles just because his contract is about to come up and he's renegotiating we've talked about all of that but who knows I don't think we'll hear anything tomorrow at their double or nothing rally but again, no one knows for sure. So maybe they will do that. Maybe Imagine they got AJ Styles. Imagine the AEW roster when they first go live or whatever. It's Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, like Neville, Hangman Page. This is, you are, I think the one thing they've got to do is you've got to make sure you get the hardcore fans, which they've got. I think that's locked in. But if you start getting the AJ Styles, the Chris Jerichos, whoever else, and you get that more sort of casual fan, AEW will fly. I look forward to it. Uh, last thing I'll mention before we jump into questions is that I think Nia Jax has improved. There we go. That's all I'm going to say because people yell at me. <laughs> but I do. I think she's uh, I think she's better. I, I, I think ever since she had that bit in the Rumble, she's got a purpose, she's got a focus, 
and she's she's improved as a wrestling character. Yeah, what do I know? Right, questions. Uh, quick plug, actually, as we do the segue bit. Obviously, start asking your questions in the comments. I'll answer as many as I can, wrestling-related, of course. Uh, if you're not on my YouTube channel, or if you are right now, please hit the subscribe button. It's youtube.com, force us the middle report rules. I'd appreciate it. On Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. And of course, all my podcast stuff is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even if you can throw me a dollar in there, it helps me doing this stuff so much. allows me to free up the time so I can do a couple of podcasts a week. And again, if you don't listen audioly, I will put it up on the YouTube channel as well. But we do another podcast on Fridays. Still the resting podcast, but it's got a different spin. Please do tune into that. Right, Christian Brown. <laughs> Brilliant, your question works excellently because it ties into the title of the show this week. I understand the comparisons, but I don't want Becky Lynch to be the new CM Punk. I've run wrong. I want. I don't want her to be the no Stone Cold. Why can't she just be the Becky Lynch of her era? Absolutely, Christian. And we've talked about that here. But you know, I don't think the comparisons are meant to you know drag her down. I just think that's people. You know, it always happens. Like Roman Reigns was the next John Cena, and I do think she'll be. Let's. I think there has to be a certain element to it because WWE are booking her and you can understand why, but they're booking her in the same situation they did with Austin because they feel like they're onto something. They feel like there's something there and given that it worked back then, why don't we do it again now? And I think that's why you're allowed to, I think that's why you're allowed to make that comparison, but it doesn't take anything away from Becky Lynch. You don't just fall into being in that position. You've got to have something. Uh, quickly as well, before we get back into that, shout out to Michael McLean in the super chat. Always appreciate it. If Rollins' injury is serious enough, does Balor take his place at WrestleMania? I'd love to see the demon beat the beast there. You know what? That's a great shout. I didn't agree with you until you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, given what happened at the end of uh, at the end of the Rumble, if Balor comes out as as I mean, look, everyone would love it. I think everyone would love it more. I don't know how you'd pull this off because you're going to piss a lot of people off at the same time. But if you could somehow not tell anybody. And then on the night, it is Finn Balor that comes out as the demon. You get a great reaction. Him beating the Beast is going to play to that Brock Lesnar is going to play to that crowd no end. I mean, I hope Seth Rollins does. I feel I feel like Seth Rollins deserves that spot. I feel like he deserves his big win at Mania. But Finn Balor is a great replacement, even though he is about to be absolutely destroyed by Bobby Lashley. Convinced of this. Convinced. Uh, Sean Tate in the super chat. How's your wrestling journey going? Well, Sean, it's it's a struggle. <laughs> Uh, again, obviously, I've got injured a long time ago now, but unfortunately, sometimes injuries are difficult, and mine mine is difficult. Uh, I, pr- I mean, I, I, I'm, I've been convinced for months that I need surgery, but look, the NHS over in England, so I respect massively, I get it, I'm not ragging on them at all, you know, they had their own diagnosis, uh, I saw another doctor, my, my doctor on Friday, who uh, we did some other stuff, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty, but we've given it one last... Um, well, I've got cortisone injection in it, basically, but I don't want to get into that. It's just it's a completely different conversation, and and we're going to see we're going to see what's going to happen. But it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have private health care. I have to rely on the NHS, which again, I'm not ragging on, is brilliant, but it does mean these things take a long time. And you know, every time somebody tweets me saying something shitty like about my injury, sometimes oh no, let me wrong. I always bat it away because I don't care. Who are these people? But, you know, that that's why it takes so long. That's just the nature of injuries. It was, you know, it wasn't a great one. And at the moment, it's just struggling to get back to where it needs to be. And the last thing I want to do is get back in the ring and it happen again. Because that's just going to be probably the end of everything. So, Selavi, onwards we go. Uh, back to Christian's questions. I recently found out that Matt Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne, follows me on Twitter and I'm marked out hard. Presuming you've had a similar experience, who did that for you? I think we talked about this last week. I mean, the big three that always gets me 
is uh, I think Matt Jackson follows me, uh, AJ Styles, and Matt Hardy. And I'm always like, all right, sweet, cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's nice. Uh, now to the most serious question you'll answer today. Why won't Simon use his pull to bring Tamatonga into Defiant so they can go on to be the greatest tag team wrestling in history? Hey, man. Just have to wait and see what's going to happen with old Tamatonga. The night is young. The days are early. That's all I say. James Bromsfield, as always, thank you for being awesome and positive, sir. You're very welcome, James. Thank you very much for joining in. What do you think of the idea of the four horsewomen standing tall at Mania with all the women's belts? Becky Raw, Charlotte SmackDown, and Sasha Bailey tag team leading to a unification match between Becky and Charlotte. I like it from a that-would-be-cool point of view, but how on earth do we get there without ruining stories? <laughs> because I don't see how you'd have Charlotte and Becky set up. And you pointed out they would then unify the belts. Yeah, you could do that. And it would be a moment, right? Like some of the best WrestleManias are all about moments and what the last kind of shot you see as we go off screen. And that would work. I think we'd have to do a lot of work with the tag team belt and the boss and hug connection. I don't really think they've been booked in the way that they'd need to to kind of elicit that kind of response. But yeah, you could. I don't see them doing it. And I also think given the momentum Becky Lynch has, it may be better to give her that moment by herself, but who knows? I don't know how they do the four horsewomen this thing at the moment. I don't see how you fit that in. That may be one of those things that just passes us by and we never actually get. Uh, shout out to Rashad Lee in the super chat. About to start training soon at House of Glory in New York. That is cool, dude. What's the hardest part about the journey? I hope one day we can mix it up in the ring. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that would be awesome. I mean, the hardest part is the mental game. I think we've talked about this before. It's not easy. Uh, the cardio is, is something else entirely too, but it's not easy. And again, what I've said and I'll always say is, if you if you do it, do it for a good while. But if you do it for a good while and deep down you know it's not for you, don't worry about walking away. It doesn't make you a quitter. It doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you whatever word you want to throw at it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So the hardest part is just making sure that you're enjoying it and you're not doing it based on some assumption that you should be doing it. Uh, but enjoy yourself. Enjoy. This is the thing with wrestling. Wrestling's got this rap that if you want to become a wrestler, it has to be a hard ground and a slog and you've got to pay your dues. And yes, sure, all's that true. But you've got to enjoy it as well. You've got, you've got to be looking forward to when you're going. Otherwise, what's the point? Life is too short. So I think the, I mean, yeah, the cardio is hard. The bumps are hard. You know, you, you're going to have aches and pains for a while as you build up a resistance to all of that. But as long as mentally you're happy and mentally you're enjoying it, you'll be fine. And, you know, I don't think enough enough people say that. Uh, shout out to Mike McLean again in the super chat. Lovely people in here today. Uh, as someone who's been dealing with back issues for five years, I get how it can be depressing in just regular life, let alone trying to wrestle too. Just know for every hater, 10 of us are rooting for you. Dude, that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. And that's the other thing that, yeah, no one ever thinks about. That as much as it sucks that I can't wrestle... It, in fact, it, it impacts my life every day. Like, it's not awful or, or it's not as bad as it was. It has improved. But there are still things. You know, I have to think about it every day and I have to take care of it every day. And I have to, you know, document what it's doing every day so I can take all that information back. And that's draining. You know, being in pain every day is a real, we should do a Miller's Musing on this, is a real drain just on your brain. It rhymes. And that's true, and no one ever thinks about that, but that's internet culture. That's why I don't care. People aren't thinking. People just react. They just write, Mrr. So, but I appreciate that, Michael, and I hope your back gets better too. Back's are the worst. Uh, I mean, it could be one of the worst things to injure. Uh, Babbitt Kidney. 
the best. My man, Relim Nomis. Oh, you put my name backwards. Simon Miller. <laughs> As always, thanks for all your content on various outlets. You're very welcome. As WWE finally embraces some more tag teams, I think it's time for at least one of the veteran tag teams on SmackDown Live to split up and start a program against one another. Who would you pick for such a feud if you happen to agree? As always, lots of virtual love from Hamburg. Your backwards spelled name either sounds like some badass Star Trek villain or Captain Kirk love interest can't decide. Relim Norris, it does. Or someone from Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I mean the New Day are 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 the, are the shout that everybody goes to, but I don't necessarily think I want to see them feuding with each other. And also, they sell a lot of merchandise. Then you move on to the bar, but given that to get the bar together, we had to have all those Sheamus and Cesaro matches. I don't think we need to go back to them, and I don't really think it would get over in the way WWE hoped. The Usos are too good. I wouldn't split them up. Gallows and Anderson don't appear enough. That's the issue. Who do you split up? Who do you split up? I don't know the answer. If anything, maybe we need to double down on those tag teams and make the division stronger. I don't know. That is a good question. But it does need something. I don't know. I don't, yeah, but the bar's the only one. But we can't break up the bar. We can't. I don't, they're better together. Uh, Mark Rory Day. I've been toying with the idea of subscribing to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. I know you have been a subscriber in the past. What would you say is the main reason you subscribe? Subscribe and would you recommend it? And if so, why? Here's why. I am a Wrestling Observer newsletter subscriber. I'm, you know, I'm that guy. I have been now for around about two, three years. 16, 2016, three years. I mainly signed up for the audio. I do rest, I do read the newsletter, but I like the audio. I love hearing Daniel, um, Daniel, Brian Alvarez, and Dave Meltzer just chat. And I do believe they are a credible source of information. But I also like them because they're their own people, and they don't. They're not bothered by that. They give their own opinions. That you know, they put stuff across in their own way. And if people like that, great. And if people don't like that, great. So that's the main reason I've signed up. I've never cancelled since I have signed up again three years ago. So it all depends what you want. I like listening to rest. I like listening to news wrestling related content, preferably through my ears. So, and I think they're I think they're the best. And also, I really like Brian Alvarez. Like, if you saw my video for What Culture, it's great meeting him. He makes me laugh. Like, I don't necessarily agree. Uh, it's it sort of you know um, I do my, I do a lot of the time, but there are sometimes we of uh, like human beings. I'll see a segment different to how he does, but I always love the way that he gets his opinion across. And when he goes mad, I think it's hilarious. So I do think it's good. I like the newsletter too. Uh, the newsletter is something I kind of read in sort of when I eat my dinner and I'll read it in about, what, eight different chunks. But it is interesting. But it's the I think if you like audio that's very to the point and I preferably, well, I think has really good uh, opinions, I think the rest of you know, newsletter is great. The only, the bad rap that that all gets is the star system because people have forgotten that a review is just a review. It doesn't matter what. I, I respect Dave Meltzer's opinion and I think that Again, because he's so astute when it comes to pro wrestling, he there's a reason that people look up to it so much because that's the work he's put in. But if he gives something five stars and you don't agree, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He probably doesn't agree that you gave something five stars. I think that's where all the bad, you know, the the, the backlash comes from. Um, but it's just a, it's just somebody, it's opinion. It's just an opinion. But it is good. I like the Wrestling Observer. I really do. And I think it's good value. I pay, what, 10 bucks a month? I think that's more than fair. Nick Palmer. I often hear people say things like, Finn doesn't feel as big as he should. I kind of disagree. I feel he's the number three male babyface in the company. So with this in mind, who do you think are the top five male babyfaces? And is Finn in your top five? Just Raw and SmackDown Live. Do you mean, in, it depends in terms of what I want? Or in the company, I would imagine their top five babyfaces are Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, I need a list of names to do this. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Finn Balor is probably in that top five. Uh, I, I, I need a list. I mean, yeah, I, I'd say he's in the top five from a WWE point of view. In terms of who my top... But that doesn't count. There's no point having my top because Rusev going to be in there. He's a heel now. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't put... But yeah, I, I do think, yeah, he is in the top five baby faces on the main rosters. Absolutely. Let's, let's do the comments. I've got to be able to do this. Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, obviously... And then, I mean, it would be Roman Reigns, but he's not around. Are we just talking about men? You said male, right? You did say male, yeah. Who would the other top guys be? I'm literally stalling because I know that the live stream is a little far behind and I'm hoping some people throw throw a name in there about who would number five would be. It's bad that I can't think of a fifth one off the top of my head. Who's the you? Ah, truth No. And obviously we've got heel intercontinental champion. The Usos, yeah, not massively. Maybe the Miz and Shane McMahon? They probably put them in the top five baby faces. I think it'd probably be them if you count them as a unit. I'll leave it at that. I'll wait for the comments to, to catch up and tell me I'm wrong. Um, Aaron Paul. WWE are oversaturated with talent at the moment. Despite this, it's been a while since we saw a cult of releases. With AEW on the horizon, it could be a case of them having to hang on for dear life to as much as possible, but it's inevitable that NXT will become bottlenecked and they'll need to bring up more talent. Who do you think will be... <laughs> Who do you think will be on the chopping block when it next comes around? Well, I don't think there is going to be. I'm a stuff for Ali, a few people have said. That's fair. I don't think we are going to get rid of any people or we're not going to do a big cull because, again, that would be out utterly counterproductive. I don't necessarily think there's anybody in there that needs to go either unless they want to go. I think that's the difference. Like, Atami asked for his release and got it, and that makes sense on all levels. But, no, I don't think there's anyone that deserves to go by any stretch of the imagination. I love what they do with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder because they're names that always come up. I can't. If they do that story right, it's going to be great. So I look forward to that. I think it's brilliant. But no, I, 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 there's no one that stands out that I think they should be cut. I know loads of people go, no, Jax. Nah, no, she doesn't deserve to be cut. Um, so no, I don't think there is anybody. I really, really don't. Usually they did that for monetary reasons. They don't have to worry about that now because they're about to make more money than ever. And yeah, there's a company out there that could snatch some of them up. So just... You know, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't. Um, Mike Faff. Good name, Mike. I like Faff. It's a good word. Hi, Simon. I was recently in Phoenix at the Rumble. Cool. And when Becky won, I saw people crying in happiness over the win. So it got me to thinking if there was a moment like that for you in wrestling and what was it? Not going to lie. When I saw Mrs. Foley's baby boy finally win the title, I cried like a baby. Thank you for staying so freakishly positive And I hope you're having a wonderful day. You too, Mike. Uh, I don't think I've ever cried over wrestling. Aside from, you know, people dying. Or, or things like that. Uh, the only one I ever remember in terms of outright emotion was SummerSlam 98 when I was watching it on my parents' couch a long, long time ago when I was but a wee boy. And I was just desperate for Stone Cold Steve Austin to win that match against The Undertaker. Desperate. Years later, I found out that everyone thinks that's a crap match and Stone Cold Steve Austin was concussed and all of this. But when he won and he hit that stunner, I jumped out of my chair. And I remember my mum came in because I landed with such a thud. She was like, what the hell is that? So that's the one that always comes to mind in terms of just being overwhelmed. Outside of that, I can't, I can't, I've never cried at wrestling. Not that I don't think you can cry, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want it to come across like that. But no, I don't think anything, I got emotional uh, when I went to see AEW, it wasn't called AEW then, when I went to see All In Live. Uh, because the reaction to the opening match between the Briscoes and SCU was so loud. It wasn't even, I was, wasn't reacting to what I was seeing. It was just a swell in my stomach, again, because it was just so loud. And my body's like, what is all this noise? So I, I remember that. 
And I was all, uh, my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 24. And when that countdown clock was on, I got a bit like, this is just cool. Because it's a dream, right? When you're a kid, yeah, we're all marks, we're all nerds, who cares? So yeah, they, they would be the ones that I, I, I remember mostly. But I think it's great. If you're so invested in something that you cry, everyone's done their job right. And you have a good time too. Uh, Spaz Phoenix in the super chat. Smash on the heart for you. What's going on, brother? Just saw your give yourself a break vid. You do meaningful stuff, man. Gee, I wish Spaz Phoenix had that kind of audience. Well, you go follow my man Spaz Phoenix. I think he's on YouTube. Search it in and, and go look for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, just as a quick tangent, I do do a, a vlog series. If you're on my YouTube channel right now, you can just scroll through the videos and you find it. We did one recently called Give Yourself a Break, which was literally that. Give yourself a break. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes you beat yourself up mentally and it's okay to sit down and just take a few minutes off uh, from your own thoughts. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, Billy Radborn, if you could bring anyone from the Attitude Era and team them up with anyone current, who would you pair and who would you like to see them feud with? Right, so I bring someone up from the Attitude Era and I team them with somebody current. Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin, clearly, and I would team them with Kevin Owens <laughs> and I would feud them against The Miz and Shane McMahon because I want Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens to relieve them of their duties. So right there, no one saw that coming, but that's why you listen to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast for weird shit like that. Uh, Cameron Sykes, what was the first wrestling t-shirt you ever bought? Austin 316. It would have been a Bret Hart one, but I couldn't afford it. Uh, I was a kid, I had nothing. But I had a bit of pocket money when Austin sort of blew up. I remember once I bought the t-shirt of the, um, the the skeleton flipping somebody off. You remember that Austin one? And I tried to wear that out of the house once and my mother saw it and went, how did you, one, where did you get that from? I must have ordered it, I don't remember. And B, you're not wearing that outside. In hindsight, she was right. But yeah, my, I was an Austin 316 guy. Typical. Uh, Thomas Sutton, if you could see any match again but live, what would it be? That's a great question, Thomas. Um, oh, man. What would I have loved to have seen live? Uh, Hogan versus The Rock, WrestleMania 18. Actually, it's quite easy when I thought about it. I just think that to be part of that reaction, much like the all-in thing we just talked about, would have been great. So, yeah, Austin Rock, WrestleMania 18. Uh, Chaney Childers, do you think Ember is coming back for a good push after having surgery? I think the four horsewomen of WWE are making big strides in the company. Do you see any singles or duos getting their dues in the women's division? Hope your day goes well. Think of me next week. I'm having an MRI. That's how it is when you're a stage four patient. Also have a fantastic week. I did not know that. Uh, all, yeah, all my thoughts go out to you, Chaney. I hope you're all right. Uh, I don't like MRIs at the best of times. I mean, I will think of you. I will think of you next week, and I hope you're okay. That doesn't sound fun at all. I would like Ember Moon to get a big push. She's one of my favorite underutilized women. It sucks she got injured, because hopefully she was on the cusp of something. So, yes, I would like that. Um, I think all the four horsewomen are doing... Even Bailey and Sasha Banks that aren't necessarily where they were, they're still great. Like, it's not... You know, it's it's not... They're not in a terrible position. But I do think they should be part of this historical thing we're doing. I do think Sasha Banks and Bailey deserve to be the first ever women's tag team champions i just do i don't think anybody else would do it as well or react as well uh, as they would uh shout out as well to mupo 1811 and super chat the miller man the smackdown of what culture i'll take it i'll take it and of course 10 minutes time when we wrap up head over to what culture wrestling if you're watching this live obviously if you're on podcast you're like miller shut up and join me as we do ups and downs live for smackdown classic um and do you see any singles or duos getting their tight uh, getting their dues in the women's division uh, I think it could help the Iconics because they kind of come and go from TV. I think they're a good tag team. So hopefully it can do something with that. Otherwise, I don't know. Everyone right now from the women's division seems to be quite well placed. I mean, I hated the Dana Brooke Natalia segment on Raw, but at least they're being featured. At least they have something. And again, throwing Naomi and uh, Carmella together was a bit like, it's a bit weak. 
But still, at least we're doing something. There was a time when nobody was being featured. And I'd, as I've always said, I'd much rather they were featured in, in some sense. Uh, Christopher Brown. Does the fact that Jericho basically admitted he only chose AEW over Impact because it was worth more money undermine some of the stated goals of this new company? Wouldn't it have been a better sales pitch to new viewers if he said he had great offers from multiple companies, but he believes in their vision and strategy? No, I don't think so, because let's face it, money... I don't think Jericho is motivated by money because I imagine he has a lot of money anyway. So he doesn't have to worry about that. But also, he still chose AEW. Like, I don't think he'd go and sink his career just because somebody was going to offer him a lot of money. And I, I, I always think they work in tandem with one another. You want the creative endeavor. You want to be something big and exciting. But also, you, you, you know, know your worth, as people say. So you can't just... You can't just forget about that either. So no, I don't think so. And also, no one really cares about that from a forward-facing point of view. They just see Chris Jericho's name associated to it. And if you want to go see Chris Jericho wrestling in the United States, you know, that that's where it, that's where it'll be, which is cool. Uh, shout out to Spaz Phoenix in the super chat. I was at Hogan Rock. Dude, that is awesome. I bet it rocked. Also, what woman's star would you choose to usher in intergender matches? Clearly not Nia Jax. Well, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't. I mean, if you go with sort of the playbook, you do someone like Tamina because she she's big, but I, it's too it's too it's too much of an open ended. I, I don't even know because do you do it with Alexa Bliss? Is she too small? Do you do it with Natalia because she knows what to do? Uh, do you do it with Naomi because she's really athletic? Do you do it with Mandy Rose because she's good looking? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like there, there's so many. This I mean Charlotte would probably be the best. But as Charlotte herself said in, the in, in an interview recently, that's too easy. I'd rather focus on my division. And I agree with that. I think right now the, the women's division is, is doing so well. Don't mess with it. If it, ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That classic. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hello, Simon. Hope you're having a great day. And you, Mike. Since the Royal Rumble, Oscar hasn't appeared on SmackDown. Does that lessen her win over Becky? Becky has been on TV every episode of Raw and SmackDown since, and Oscar hasn't been seen or able to tell everyone how she beat the man. Well, I would imagine that's why she hasn't been on, because they don't want to push that yet, and they want to push that later. And I would agree with you if they hadn't have done that video package on SmackDown. I thought the video package on SmackDown was cool. I thought it put Oscar over as a badass. It touched on all of that without physically saying it to your face, which I think WWE's trying to negate now. So, yes and no. Yes and no would be my answer to that. She probably needs to show up next week, but I think the video package this week did save them a little bit. It is weird though, isn't it? It is weird that they do this kind of stuff. Uh, Jose Martinez, if you could pick five wrestlers, if you could move five wrestlers to a different brand, which ones would you pick and to which brand, including 205 Live in NXT? Well, I'd move Dolph Ziggler to NXT, not in a bad way, but I think he'd have great matches down there and I think it would rejuvenate his character. I would move Adam Cole up to whichever brand he wanted to be on and push the crap out of him. Uh, I would move, who would I, move? I, oh, I don't think I'd move anyone from Raw to SmackDown at the moment that I can think of. So I would move, uh, who's on 205? I would move Cedric Alexander up to either Raw or SmackDown because I think he rocks too. And I think he could do, I think he could easily be the Mustafa Ali of Raw, if you want to put it that way, and make a big splash. Probably do loads of big splashes as well. Uh, I'd probably move it up Velveteen Dream, although I'm happy for him to stay in NXT as long as he wants because I, you know, I don't think you can spend too much time there. He's young. There's no rush. Once you're up, you're up. But I would in terms of you know someone I think that's going to shine. Or as he scrapped that, I'd move Champa and Gargano out and just let them continue feuding because they're the best thing ever. Uh, Adam Mason, no question this week. Just want to say thanks for all the positivity. My love for pro wrestling hasn't been as strong for ages, and it's because of you. So cheers. I won't let the internet get in the way. 
Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And thank you very much for coming on this crazy journey with me. Without you, I wouldn't be able to do it. That's very kind. Uh, shout out to my man, Michael McLean, as always in the super chat. Heading out. Much love, Simon. Great as always. Thank you, Mike. Hope you have a great day. And I hope your back starts to feel a bit better too. Nothing worse than that. And my man, Shugo. Given the announcement of the shakeup in April after Mania, off the top of the head, who do you think will switch brands? Hope you're well. Have a great day, man. And you. Such a hard question because it all depends on what they do at WrestleMania. If Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are coming back, if we're going to move people from 205 Live NXT. I mean, someone like Bobby Lashley would probably benefit from doing a move. Uh, same with someone like Jeff Hardy. He probably benefits because they feel like people that don't have anything at the moment, but that could obviously change in a few weeks. Um, oh man, I mean, there's so many. It depends what they're doing with the tag team divisions. You know, are we going to shift Becky over to Raw, which means Ronda would have to go over to SmackDown, but that doesn't work because apparently Ronda's going away. Uh, I don't know. I actually wouldn't have to do that because Becky would take her belt. I don't know what you do. But I, I, we'll have to have that conversation maybe a week or two weeks prior. I do like the shakeup. I do think it's fun. Sometimes I don't agree with the moves they do. I'm like, what did you do that for? That was dumb. But hey, it creates talking points. And I'm all about creating talking points. Like, you know, if, if people can get debating online then i think we've done you know i think we've done something we've done something positive uh, so we'll see it's coming soon what is it two three months something like that so i'm just looking for more questions as we uh, as, as as we go and as always i do all this on facebook which is a terrible idea because facebook is the worst platform ever uh no screw it I, i'll come back to it later it's it's going to be it's it's, it's going to be the, the shake-up this year will be interesting i imagine you'll get quite a lot of people from nxt after wrestlemania because they have got such a new you know such a big influx of talent recently as someone else said you do have to start balancing the books um and it, it, maybe they start it, maybe they unify some titles and that's going to change that all as well it's going to be interesting. The post-WrestleMania 35, I'm hoping, is going to be interesting and fun. Or at least that's what that's what I'd hope. Uh, someone in the comments said, is the United, States uh, United States title dead? I'll give it a pass, just because at least on commentary, they did announce that R-Truth is at home resting up after his injuries. So in that sense, I'll wait and see what happens next week. But I am worried. <laughs> I was worried before. I'm, I'm glad R-Truth has it. I love R-Truth. I think he's... Uh, I think he's he's just fun and he, he's inspirational because he's he, he's no I'm not saying he's old but you know he's, he's in his 40s and he still keeps going he's in great shape blah 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 and he's just a nice guy and I like nice guys well, he comes across like a nice guy uh, DJ Gravesy in the super chat what's your favorite elimination chamber match oh dude I'd have to have a list up in front of me I mean the one that always jumps out is the first one because Shawn Michaels won in his weird mud pants and it was just such a cool match and he had all the controversy with Triple H getting his uh, larynx crushed by RVD but there's probably a better one. I will look it up and I will let you know next week. I, I need I need a list. Off the top of my head, I'll say the first one. But it also could be the one because didn't no that was didn't Edge cash in his money in the bank after Elimination Chamber match? Or am I making that up? I think I like that one as well. This requires some research. So my man DJ Gravesy, we'll talk about this next week. I promise you, we'll get into it. We're not done. We'll do a big Elimination Chamber chat and I will shout you out. Uh, Spaz Phoenix again, super chat. Excuse the obvious cheap plug, but your awesome fans can check out my commentary on Horsewomen versus Horsewomen post Wayne if they miss, if they wish. You can do that. Spaz Phoenix, go check him out, and you can check out his um, his Horsewomen versus Horsewomen post Wayne if they wish. He's got plans. He's got booking. Go listen to it as I get back into the camera, which I've accidentally just gone outside of. Uh, right, we're going to start wrapping this up. Um, Aaron says, hi, somebody going to double or nothing? I'm not sure, but I will be at WrestleMania in case you're interested. More details on that soon. Uh, but here's what we're going to do, right? We're coming up to two o'clock. 
We're going to say goodbye here. We're going to transition over to What Culture Wrestling. I will be live in the chat. And you can not only watch Ups and Downs for SmackDown, and I've got some interesting opinions that I'm sure are going to wind some people up, but you can join me there in the chat, like I say, so you can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, as we do wrap up, I just want to thank everyone for joining me. Again, come follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. You can support me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. There's also a link right now in the bio, in the description, not a bio, in the description if you are on YouTube. Even a dollar helps because it allows me, it's all my, it all goes into my personal projects. And without it, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I thank you all. And thank you to everyone that signed up this week. Uh, if you're on my YouTube channel right now, smash the subscribe button. You know how it works. YouTube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules. But otherwise, I just want to thank you very much for joining me. I always appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with another episode on Friday. We'll drop another live one next Wednesday at 1 p.m. So, you know, set your clocks and your watches and your calendars to that. And yeah, let's see what happens. We've got the double or nothing rally tomorrow. Who knows what kind of uh, who knows what kind of news is going to come out from that? Maybe they have signed somebody massive, and it's going to blow our damn minds. Shout out to Sean Tate in the super chat, who very lovely has said, "Have a great day, mate." I will, Sean, and you have a great day too. Everyone, go out and have great days. Put smiles on your faces. Remember that there's a lot of negativity in the world, but you don't have to let it in. And really, the only reason they're negative to begin with is because they're negative within themselves. Think of that. Take that one to the bank. Uh, right, I'm going to sign off. Thanks very much as always. Again, on iTunes, Google, all that nonsense. You can go subscribe to that as well and hear the audio version because there will be another episode this week as there always is. And that's it. I think that's enough waffle. Enjoy wrestling. Always be happy because that's the way to be. And I will talk to you again very soon. Yeah.